Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Delilah Panio, Vice President of U.S. Capital Formation for Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange based in Southern California. Welcome to TMX Presents, the podcast. This is where we have conversations with capital markets leaders from around the world and to gain insights from the influential decision makers and visionary entrepreneurs helping to shape the future business landscape. This is my first time hosting the podcast and I couldn't be more thrilled to be in conversation today with my SoCal neighbor, Aziz Rahim Tula, Chief Executive Officer of Sabio, a Los Angeles-based technology company focused on the high growth advertising areas of connected TV and over-the-top streaming and who recently went public on TSX Venture Exchange. But before we get into our conversation, I wanted to give a brief overview of how TSX and TSX Venture are increasingly a viable capital option for high growth U.S. companies such as Sabio. Last year, 25 U.S. companies listed on TSX or TSXV, choosing what we call the public venture capital route as an alternative to private venture capital. This is what we'll be talking about today with Aziz, and you can hear more stories like this in previous episodes, as my colleague George Khalife in Chicago recently spoke with the CEOs of the Planting Hope Company and Champion Gaming, who also listed on TSXV last year. So with that, I would like to introduce our guest today. Thank you for joining us, Aziz. Thank you for having me. So you've had a long career in the media and telecommunications space and have been called an avid mobile evangelist. I love that. Can you tell us about yourself and how you came to start Sabio? So Sabio means wise or experienced. And the genesis of Sabio really originated from the fact that I didn't feel I was represented in the TV landscape and in the media landscape. A lot of what Nielsen does and a lot of other companies do is they use panels. And I, being of Indian descent, really did not fit into those panels, or at least I didn't feel like I was representing those panels. And so that was really the impetus to start this company and provide not only media, first mobile and now streaming, but really analytics and insights. So Aziz, I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't as familiar with what connected TV and over-the-top streaming means. So can you enlighten us? What is connected TV? So for those people who have Netflix, Disney Plus on their TVs, those are connected TV apps. Those are subscription connected TV apps. What Sabia Holdings is focusing on is the ad supported apps on TVs and mobile devices, bringing content to consumers in an ad supported manner. So can you maybe give us some examples of the kind of companies that you're working with and how they are deploying some of your unique strategies for advertising? Yeah, so one of the companies we work with through an acquisition we just concluded with Vidillion is a company by the name of Jado TV. And Jado TV uses Vidillion infrastructure to stitch ads into their content, serve those ads to consumers, and those ads get monetized through our DSP platform on Sabio, and then providing analytics and insights through our SaaS platform of AppScience. Okay, that's really interesting. Why don't we move to talking about Sabio's funding story? So take us back to a year ago when you and your management team were looking at the next round of capital. And maybe tell us a bit about your mindset on the size of raise you were looking to do. And as you were looking at all of your options, what were your thoughts around raising capital at that time? Well, I have been 
atypical in the way I've approached my funding. Initially bootstrapped it, raised debt capital, did not really want to go the VC route for a few reasons, but the most important being valuation and the amount I needed. And so because our company continued to grow and continue to grow organically, we really didn't need big chunks of cash at a valuation that I didn't think was fair. And so our approach, we have multiple options in front of us. I really was interested and intrigued by this opportunity to be on the TSXV because of the fact it allowed me to raise just enough at the right valuation. And I think that really is what differentiated the TSXV option relative to VCs who certainly were interested in Sabio, but were interested in Sabio at taking a bigger chunk of cash. And, you know, look, if you look at our current full economy in terms of full employment economy, even if I took that cash, would I even be able to deploy it? So looking at what we have done in the short period of time, I'm pretty happy about the decisions we made. Yeah. So a lot of our other U.S. companies and U.S. CEOs that I speak to, you know, when they're talking about looking at private and public venture capital and really looking at the opportunity to sort of tap back into the market when you want to, being able to use your stock as acquisition currency to do some m and activity. Is that part of your strategy as well? Absolutely. We do feel pretty confident about our tech stat, but really the idea of having a currency to do acquisitions along with being able to incentivize our employees in a hyper growth marketplace where we're competing with the likes of Amazon and Google, who do give equity out to their employees. It allowed us a form of compensation that allowed it to be liquid and you know where they grow with the company as we grow. So that really was the other really interesting aspect of it. So you are certainly unique in the U.S. markets as a high growth, early stage tech company looking to come to the Canadian markets. And so, again, just like really looking at how you plan to use public venture capital to grow your company through acquisitions to to motivating employees. And you went public last year in a very up year with a lot of the valuations that we were seeing. And so this year is actually, you know, as we're all aware, is a lot more challenging as a public company. So how are you working through that? How are you and your team? managing that and meeting shareholder expectations. We actually did come out when the markets were not so sunny and cheery. That was like November of last year. And so we did deal with some of that turbulence. And really what we're focusing on is executing. At the end of the day, what shareholders and what our employees expect is a company to be focused in on executing and long-term value. And that really is how we are viewing our current trajectory and our current focus. We're not gonna, we're not one of those companies that's fixated by where our stock price is today. We're fixated by the solutions we're bringing to clients and advertisers and brands across the country. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. That is certainly, you know, our counsel for first-time public CEOs. It's not easy to have the stomach, especially right now as a CEO of a growing public company in these very sort of tumultuous markets. But you've hit it right on the head of just focusing on the business plan, executing your strategy, building out your team, working through how you intend to build your company. So I really, I really like that. I mean, what is your thoughts for other CEOs looking at, at this as an option? Well, I think the first piece of advice is have a great management team around you. This is not a process that's for everyone. And fully understand that that you need to have a solid team that can continue to execute as some of the distractions of a public market 
situation do take place. The other aspect of it is you have to be prepared and understand that this is a platform to do acquisitions and a currency to have acquisitions as part of your strategy. And so we just closed one two weeks ago that was aided by the fact that we had a currency. And so really understanding where you are in your growth life cycle and is this something that you really want to do. But I, you know, I can't stress enough, make sure you have a solid management team, a great reporting structure where you can continue to execute on the business plan as you as a CEO and founder focus in on the bigger picture. You know, one of the realities of being a public company is obviously the shareholder communication. So how is your plan for communicating with shareholders, especially with, and you can certainly talk about some of your very, very positive results that you have recently reported from your last quarter. And on honesty, we have not done a good enough job. We're getting better at it. And just like everything else, there's a learning curve involved. And I think what you will see as we reported outstanding earnings, 80% plus year to year growth, 60% margins, positive EBITDA for the second year straight, we're executing on the business. And what we're realizing is we have to walk and chew gum at the same time. And so we're executing on business and learning a little bit more about ourselves and our communication strategy of how we want to approach the market and really convey to the investors who've been with us early on and continue to support us how we are demonstrating. And look, at the end of the day, you can do a lot of great little cute PR pieces But what investors really care about is executing. And the only way the proof's in the pudding is in financials. And so that is what really our core focus is. Yes, we got to do a better job of conveying some of that good news along the way. But really, once again, I don't want to have our team get caught up in day-to-day gyrations of the stock market. Our value is based off of what we're doing and what we're executing on and what we believe is the need in the market, not what the market thinks overall. So brilliant, Aziz, especially yeah, having that discipline and creating that discipline within your organization, I think is really, really critical for success. And so you're now a public company, you're doing your quarterly reporting, you're, you're meeting your milestones. You know, what are you excited about this year, about one, about the company, and then two, about being a public company and how that's going to help fuel the company's growth? Well, we have a three aspects of our business. And, and as I mentioned, we have the demand side platform aspect, which is where we monetize inventory. We've had this amazing analytics business, our SaaS business, which is unique in the sense that it has, we're one of the very few companies in the space that actually does not rely on panels versus actual mobile data, rich mobile data that helps brands, agencies, and content creators understand the consumer better. And there's a need for metrics in that space. And then finally, we have this Vidillion piece, which is going to allow us to enable content and provide even additional, a higher level of metrics. And so we're excited about now filling in, we have the strategy in play, and now it's simply filling in the dots, right? Like, shading in the colors of execution. And that's really what we're excited about. And we think this public offering that we did allows us to do that. We certainly need the markets to understand we are in a growth trajectory. We're dealing with cord cutting that we benefit from. We're also dealing with subscription cutting, which is the likes of Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. We're benefiting from that. So we're in this perfect sweet spot. What we need to do a better job of is conveying to the marketplace we're unique We're executing at the highest level possible, and that trajectory is going to continue on. 
Yeah, it's really exciting to see, again, as a consumer, where all this is going. So as a thought leader in this space, where do you think where do you think this is going next? I mean, I recently just read something, I think it was this morning, actually, about Netflix losing hundreds of thousands of customers monthly. So where is this going next? And how is Savio helping to lead that charge? You know, at the end of the day, the consumer has gone from pre-pandemic subscription cost of under $50 a month to over $100. Now, in an inflationary environment that we're all dealing with, there's decisions that are going to have to be made. And those decisions, unfortunately, are going to happen at the basic level of what you need. And so you're going to take eggs, fruit, bread, all of the staples before you're going to have a subscription service for Netflix. And so it really provides us an opportunity to to really bring a new level of great content to consumers. We don't produce content. We simply enable it. Our vision for the company is enabling content through great content creators, providing that content to consumers in a ad-supported model that has a higher degree or higher level of analytics and stickiness for the brands and agencies that want to participate in that. So it's a win-win. It's a win for the consumer because they get great content for free. It's a win for the content creators because now the cable networks can't afford to pay for great content, or at least they're starting to have some challenges with that. The Netflixes of the world are going to have to rethink their business model, and the consumer wants content, and they don't want to pay for it. So we're in a perfect situation to really play a key role in this ever-changing market of CTV and OTT. There's so much content out there, right? And so we're all looking for the next great content to keep us, especially to keep us entertained and stable (laughs) during these really crazy times that we're living in. One of the things that I've really admired in my conversations with you and your team is how you take care of your team. I know you travel a lot and you take care of your management team. Maybe just talk about from a culture, because there's always a significant and often a palatable shift when a company goes public internally with the culture. So So I'd love for you to speak about sort of what drives you and and how you think about taking care of your team now as a public company. I think our culture was solidified during the pandemic. I think we came together as a company. We were not, as I mentioned earlier on the call, we did not have some big VC funding behind us. We did not have major credit lines. We had each other and we executed at the highest level. And we had senior management take major pay cuts. And I had employees and managers come back to me and ask if they could do more. And that is what really differentiated us as an organization. The culture does not happen. Culture and organizations do not happen overnight. They happen in the hardest times. And that taught me. And when I look back at that whole experience of going through COVID and having a team that was collaborating and thinking ahead and innovating, we had positive EBITDA. We had higher margins that year. We're one of the very few companies that actually delivered positive EBITDA and higher margins than the year before. We did it during the pandemic. That's amazing. That right there is an example of culture in the people. And so when, yeah, sure, I get to have these type of chats and conversations, but it has really nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the culture and the organization that I have behind me. And I think that's how I started this conversation is know that you have the right team in place that you can trust to execute. And that really is what really solidified for me during COVID and will continue to solidify. We are just getting started. And we have a lot of great runway ahead. We got a great team, a great product. As the marketplace recognizes it, we're going to continue over delivering. 
and executing on this vision. Because guess what? Even if I wanted to shut off the valve, there's a team that is much better than I am. So that really is how we operate. Yeah, that's amazing. It obviously speaks volumes to your leadership, though, and to have that kind of loyalty. And and there is something, you know, wonderful about being a public company of having that the pathway to liquidity for your employees. I think that this is some of the things that's been a disservice in the U.S. markets of companies having to wait so long to go public that the employees are not benefiting from those early opportunities to have stock options and do things like buy houses and pay off student loans and things that people did it back in the day when you could do a small cap IPO here in the U.S. So that's really where we as TSX feel we have an opportunity. Again, for the right companies, as you said, the going public option is not for every company, but there are for the right management team with the right growth story and trajectory, then this could be a very good, a good option for you and for your company and your employees and your shareholders and your customers. So what's next for Sabio for this year? What are you focusing on? Well, we are really excited about our analytics or SaaS analytics business that continues to really kind of get some great footing. It's still in the early stages, so it's not where we needed to be. But certainly we see a lot of opportunity. As you can imagine, the great thing about our business and our company is Nothing is recession-proof, but we're pretty close to it. If you can imagine, as cord cutting increases in a down economy, as people start cutting subscription services, they need content. And we are positioned to provide that content for free in a down economy. So we are positioned. And then further that, the analytics and insights, when you're a brand or you're an agency, you have to do more with less. And that's where analytics comes in. And then you add to this Vidillion capability of enabling more content and variety and representation of the U.S. population. It goes back to the genesis of the company, this idea of Savio wise and intelligent representation of a wider reach of consumers, not just the ones that Nielsen tells you you're pandering to. This is not panel based. This is reality based. And that is what gets me excited. And that's what gets our team excited to be able to really bring about the true democratization of the content space. So we're really excited about that. Well, that is fantastic. And we at TSX are certainly excited to be part of your story and our platform. Hopefully we'll continue to fuel the growth. And hopefully we see you graduating up to the senior board Toronto Stock Exchange one day and then do a listing onto a U.S. exchange. That That's certainly what success looks like for us. And we are, again, grateful to have you as, as one of our customers. Closing question that we like to ask our U.S. companies, what surprised you the most about going public? What surprised me the most is is the balancing act between being able to get information out and keeping people calm while you're executing. And so it's that balancing act. As I said earlier, we're not focusing on the stock price. Having said that, it is important as markets are tumultuous and things are really just, you know, there's companies that are not doing well. It's important to keep close to your customer base, to your investors, explain to them the progression we're making. And I think that to me is probably the biggest learning experience that when our stock price got hurt dramatically in October, November timeline and the proof's in the pudding, you could see the earnings reports. I was looking at our stock price and wondering, we've had the most amazing year of the history of the company, all organic growth, 100% organic growth. We're executing at the highest level, and our stock price does not reflect that, while some of our competitors' stock prices did. And so that, to me, is you can't take it personal. 
you have to look at yourself and really understand that you have to play this balancing act and do better at connecting the dots for your investors. And I think that to me is probably the biggest experience. That's the one piece of advice outside of having a great team is, is learning the communication strategy before you get into this process. I'll add one more thing, Dahlia. Like, I will tell you, this experience has been really enriching for me personally in the sense that I've learned a lot. I've really gained some new friendships along the way. And, you know, for a U.S. company, I never really had a whole lot of exposure to the Canadian market. Really, a lot of great, smart investors have been behind us. And and really, in that aspect, I think it's really an enriching process. There are challenges with this, as there are challenges with anything else. But really, I think you got to take from it what you can. And we're certainly enjoying every aspect of it. Well, I'll take that back. Not every aspect of it, but most (laughs) aspects of it. That's fair and real. And yeah, as I always say, you know, every CEO of any company anywhere needs to know all their financing options, right? And just be educated on all the options of which this is one option because it might be the right fit for you. Well, thank you so much for your time, Aziz. And we, again, look forward to seeing your continued success. Thank you for listening to TMX Presents, the podcast. And thank you again to Aziz Rahim Tula, CEO of Sabio, for joining us. For more information on TSX and TSX Venture as a capital option for U.S. companies, please visit us.tsx.com. And for more insights from capital markets leaders and my TMX colleagues, please visit tmx.com POV. Thank you again and create a great day.